It's Tuesday, May 30th. This is Accelerate Daily. Today, we've got an early warning system to save us from the AI apocalypse and some AI images of what that might look like. The next step in the AI financial advisor wars, Altman's optimistic view of the future, and a great example of ChatGPT as a tutor that isn't just about cheating on your papers. Get ready to step on the gas. This is Accelerate Daily. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm Ms. McKenzie. Good morning. And we are back with three headlines and a how-to to keep you caught up on what's happening in AI today. Today's title card prompt is a uh, canon photo of the blank after the apocalypse. Abandoned, bombed, <laughs> collapsed, dilapidated, overgrown, photorealistic, octane render, wide-angle, close-up, cinematic, aspect ratio 16 by 9. We had a real full prompt for this one. Yeah, this is how I structure my mid-journey prompts. Yeah. The actual picture is a picture of the White House, and it looks kind of like, you know, post-Independence Day. <laughs> it's post-war of 1812 when we invaded your house. <laughs> yeah, the post, the, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Max Canadian, in case I had a good one. <laughs> the link to this series, though, is after the apocalypse, and it's a bunch of landmarks, all kind of with, you know, like mossy overgrowth, and those vibes. I, I appreciate the extent to which the prompts on this kind of stuff include, like, octane render, wide angle, cinematic. Like, they're, they're, non sort of non-specific terms for vibes that we understand you say cinematic and you're gonna get a little more like orange and teal whatever that kind of like michael bay you know thing is the octane render gives it a little bit of an unreal feel but that work makes it play as art instead of trying to be a picture but then they also call out call out canon like a color profile from a popular slr sensor that people are familiar with it's all just like token association, right? Like they, I don't know if it's specifically doing that color profile, but if a reference image is labeled, this is a Canon photo, then it allows you to access that latent space instead. A lot of prompt engineering is all about like, how do I get into these latent spaces that exist in the training set? Okay, so before we jump into today's topics, uh, we're growing up around here. So we got to do some plugging. Uh, like, subscribe. If you're really into the project here, write a review on your favorite podcast app. I know you hear that inside of every type of thing like this, live stream, podcast, whatever. But it really makes a difference in terms of literally like how the discovery algorithms think about your show. So it's nice to get the feedback and it feels like I'm like I'm asking for praise. What we're really asking for is just we need that juice in the algorithm so we can find other people for a community of, of people that want to talk about these problems literally every day so we can not miss the boat, honestly. <laughs> I liked and subscribe just because you said it. I had an, a, the dullest point. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's a funny part of this phase of things where like I go in and go, hey guys, we're up to 22 subscribers, but like 70% of them are our friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Okay, uh, let's jump into the topics. First up, this one dropped this morning. Statement on AI risk. So this one hit all the big media outlets and all the various feeds. It's literally from a website safe.ai and it's got all these thought leaders who have signed off on it but it's literally just 22 words like it feels like a check down where they did a, they did a letter where they were like hey we should worry about this and here's a lot of words and then on this one they were like maybe we need to make it a tweet yeah. and see how we do <laughs> but let's just read the statement so the statement from the center for ai safety says mitigating the risk of extinction from ai should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war I feel like it's the reason I was like, okay, we got to throw this one in is it feels like 
share it, given the thought leaders who have signed off on it, which to be clear, you can also go sign it. There's a forum at the bottom. We've got Sam Altman, Jeffrey Hinton, a bunch of other people. Just putting this link forward so people can see it feels to some extent like just an important aspect. Bringing it forward for conversation feels like an important aspect of good faith participation in the community of AI builders. Totally. Um, I would have to talk about it forever, but, you know, check it out. Um, I know you have a take, though, so let's... I don't want to nitpick, but it's just, <laughs> it's odd, right? This is like, it's weirdly short and it's weirdly worded. My tier list of societal scale risks, like definitely nuclear war is in the top five, pandemics in the top 10, but these are not like the two most important things, I would say. And additionally, these things ha- don't have a good track record of being dealt with. So to suggest that we should treat AIX risk the same way that we've treated nuclear disarmament to me, it sounds like they want to do nothing about it or they just want to scare you or like, I don't know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like nuclear war is a weird one to put out because we've done exactly nothing to prevent nuclear war. Uh, I think it maybe feels that way, but personally, having lived through the 80s, and there's actually a lot of stuff in terms of test ban treaties and ways to handicap the capacity of countries to develop nuclear capacity willy-nilly. So I, I, I tend to think that it's fair. It's just interesting watching it play out and sort of how fast it is. Like the people who are building these things going, the failure scenarios these red teams are coming up with potentially end up bad enough that we have to talk about things like, like in the chemical weapons and like genetic engineering space where we have an idea of society level guidelines for the people working on these projects to make sure they don't go bad. That for sure exists with the nuclear, right? So to that extent. It's relevant. Yeah. But. To tie it back to an earlier episode, um, we saw that there was a model that was able to produce 40,000 novel chemical weapons in about six hours by inverting the reward function. So it, rather than producing medicine that had a very low toxicity, um, by inverting that reward function, they developed medicines that had a very high toxicity. Right. And so each of these novel chemicals, they need new like detecting algorithms, right? Like this, the proliferation can just go crazy. That's, in my opinion, one of the benefits of AI is that you could do something like that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later towards the end of the show. Yeah. Well, so that's actually a perfect transition to the next topic. Early warning system, AI early warning system. This is a, this is a post on DeepMind from Google's technical blog. The title is An Early Warning System for Novel AI Risks. So this is the thing about that level of conversation, Right. One of the things that we talked about throughout the 80s in the Cold War scenario of nuclear sort of proliferation and tension was, could you build an early warning system? The reality that gets to what I think you were saying, which is it feels like nothing has been done, is we would know when the thing launched, but short of shooting it down at that point, like there's not much you can do. And it literally resulted in our parents doing like, you know, air raid drills and hiding under their desk, which sounds ridiculous in the face of an understanding of what's happening with a nuclear attack. This is software. So it's a slightly different thing. And, and this is a paper that is, takes a look at, okay, what does it look like to build systems that can actually watch out for the things that are really the catastrophic scenarios here? Yeah, there's a, a link to an archive paper, research paper, with all, you know, references and building on earlier kind of stuff where it explains like why they want to start worrying about this now. There's a nice graphic where it shows how the capabilities are growing and they're about to enter a zone where through misapplication, right, the misanthropic intent, the capabilities could 
potentially do something dangerous soon. Then there's also a list of specific capabilities that they watch out for, just briefly, deception, persuasion and manipulation, weapons acquisition, long horizon planning, and situational awareness, I think are some of the most interesting ones. Situational awareness means that the model knows if it's being trained or used in production, and it can give different answers. So it would be able to deceive the testers and say, well, I know I'm being trained, so I'm going to give the answer you want. But when I'm in production, I'm going to get some schmuck to build chemical weapons for me. Right. Which I, like, feels like science fiction, but this, like, you know, this is a deep mind project. Like, they've, they've maybe seen this in their red teams because they're dealing with systems that none of us have access to. Right. It, the, the optimistic take is, but they're, they're publishing this, right? Like, the important part is, I do think, downstream from comments like that, that I think play like FUD fear things. Like, part of that is because you have to get the public to take it seriously before it turns into the political action that is inevitably needed to get everyone on the same page, whether they like it or not, via the law, so that there are systems like this that we can build in and say, here are these routes that if we see them starting to happen inside of a model or relative to a model's output, we're building in the right back doors and the right rip cords to be able to say, ooh, that's not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> One of the specific technical implementation issues I see here and why I'm grateful that like the DeepMind team is working on this and it's not my job is it has to be <laughs> deception robust. Right. Like right. you have to that your tests need to account for the fact that the model might lie to you, which it just sounds impossible. I don't even know how you like start with that. Well, this level of the last two things we're talking about is about the idea of the more generalized side of the spectrum. At the same time, you're getting more specific applications. Index GPT from JP Morgan. This one is CNBC reporting JP Morgan is developing a chat. GPT-like AI service that gives investment advice. We already talked about this because people have been doing like tests where they just see if ChatGPT is good at picking stocks, and it is. Uh, but there's, I think, a broader thing here, which is JP Morgan is, is they're aware of the middle person positions here, the things that can be disintermediated. Uh, so they're not necessarily eating their own lunch, but they're eating the lunch of my aunt's investment advisor. Yeah. Or whatever, right? I have an I have an unethical FUD recipe for this. May I Go share for it? it. <laughs> if I was JP Morgan, what I would do is I would give the model access to a database of all of the C suite's current positions and advise the clients to counter trade me. Advise the clients to counter trade you, and then you would be hedging your risk at all times by telling a massive group of people to do. If the I opposite. wanted to like long Microsoft, for example. Right. I would write in my database, I want to open a long position on Microsoft, and then the AI would tell everyone to sell Microsoft. I'm pretty sure that's why you have, a, have to pass a test to be an investment. <laughs> investment. Uh, well, watch uh, out for stuff like advisor. this, because it is, un, it is unregulated, <laughs> right? Like, that's just some FUD. FUD right. for thought, I right. suppose. Oh, that might be a new segment, FUD for thought. Part of this is they applied for a trademark. It'll be interesting to see if it uh, even gets approved, because... ChatGPT, uh, OpenAI is also trademarked any like GPT as prefix thing, I think. Suffix. But like we've talked about on here before, the interesting part is this will work because that's what an uh, investment advisor is doing mostly is pattern recognizing, saying, hey, get in some low yield index funds for 25 years. That's the safest thing. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that's what GPT <laughs> models specialize at, absolutely, is finding like the most median middling kind of solution. 
I also want to point out when the people who are often part of the, the subject of the doom headlines are also out there optimistic. This is optimism from Altman. Uh, it's a TechCrunch post. Sam Altman shares his optimistic view of our AI future. And it is mostly a good introduction for our next segment. But it's him talking about medical advancement and scientific advancement and educational stuff. And like for all of the scariness that we just talked about in the context of like apocalypse scenarios, even more so than I think those scenarios are scary, this side is optimistic in terms of being able to massively pattern recognize our, our way to incredible advancements in science and educational tools that let human minds do better and crazier things than we imagine you know, like before the smartphone existed, for example. He specifically calls out education. But it's worth checking out. Um, there's a, a link to a, a bigger talk where he kind of talks about some of this stuff. Which, to be fair, if you listen to Altman actually on a podcast or anything, like he talks about all this stuff. It's just the headlines it gets distilled to by the New York Times need those, need those FUD clicks. So, FUD, FUD for thought. <laughs> <laughs> So the next one, which is in our usual uh, recipes or how-tos, hacks kind of segment. Oh, we skipped over the Reddit. No, this is it. I put it in request for future. Oh. Because, oh. because they mention a bunch of different sort of recipe kind of things in the course of this post. It's literally just a Reddit post from a Reddit user inside of r slash chat GPT. Headline says, chat GPT is saving my life. And then they outline falling behind in a class that's very foundational, like that, that's accumulative. And really struggling to catch up. And even before that, falling behind because they were struggling to continue following the stuff. And they outline a few different things that I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's talking about ChatGPT as a way to cheat on your paper and not have to write your paper, right? This guy is ingesting notes and then producing quizzes and flashcards and downstream other explanations of what's happening and ways to test it and just having an ongoing dialogue with ChatGPT to understand these topics. And then I think it, it's not in screenshot, but at the end reports that he's, I don't, I don't even know if it's a, not fair. Says I crunched the numbers. Oh no. <laughs> I crunched the numbers on his um, improvement. So yeah, he got a four out of 30 and then he went to a 23 out of 30. And that is a 638% increase in his understanding of organic chemistry. And organic chemistry is a famously inaccessible subject. It's like the meme subject that, you know, people fail in school, in like high school and college media. So this 600% improvement in, in one of the most inaccessible and difficult subjects, I think, portends a lot of other intelligence upgrades coming in a lot of other regions. And um, this points back to why I think that this like chemical engineering AI that we mentioned earlier, while threatening, is a really good thing. Because on my tier list of like existential threats, the things that I have near the top is like water accessibility, agriculture and energy. And so those are all like high, hard science problems. And if GPT-4 is able to educate somebody who is interested in hard science, but not very good at it, at a rate of 600% better results, better understanding, then I have, I'm feeling really optimistic about those issues such as water, agriculture, and energy, which I, like, are, just, are, are much more pressing. <laughs> much, much, much more pressing. And I think with enough people poking at them, they're easy to solve. Right. That is also part of what Altman is talking about. Right. Like he... He often repeats what maybe feels like a kooky claim, honestly, which is that like electrical power is about to become infinitely cheap. That feels crazy with the, with the squeeze it feels like we have on. But he's a little bit not wrong if we can make certain nuclear things work that we've been trying to do for a long time. 
And I think he's he is placing a lot of bets based on the idea that something like GPT-4 can help us solve some things that we can't quite figure out there yet with like cold fusion, for example. Well, we we do have like a working kind of system. It's just like proliferation is difficult. It's called a liquid fluoride thorium reactor. Thorium is more abundant than uranium and it is way less dangerous. So this could be like a house size appliance and they've kind of been in developed and development and like patented for a while. But it's just, it's difficult to like roll something like that out because it's scary and not enough people know how to like work it. But GPT-4 giving a 600% increase to intelligence, I think will help people feel safer about having like a somewhat, it's like, it's in my opinion, it's about as dangerous as a water boiler. If that explodes, you're in just as much trouble as like a fluoride reactor. Right. The educational piece goes in the recipes section because follow the link to the Reddit post and they outline four or five different things that are literally just a matter of, hey, stuck studying next year or trying to rethink how you study in school come fall. Or if you're in summer school, <laughs> totally different vibe. Just saying these things to ChatGPT, putting in the stuff and saying, hey, can you help me make flashcards for this? Can, can result in things that are otherwise possibly hard to do if you're lacking the understanding piece. Also possibly good exercises to do yourself, like making the flashcards is what always helped me in law school, not reviewing them. But I know that reviewing them was huge for a lot of people. And the idea of that, that, that level of access. Yeah, totally. I've been, I've been looking at building a startup in this space. And it's like, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of them, like a lot of competition, because curriculums are a list, right? It's a checklist. Just build like a database of like, this user needs to pass this, 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 and this. And then AI builds the lesson plan around those curriculum points. <laughs> it's such a slam dunk. <laughs> One of my favorite ways to demonstrate to like executives and stuff when I'm talking to them about this stuff is, is, to, is to eat that layer of what they would do during a year. To go to chat GPT and say, okay, you give me a campaign you're about to do. And then I'll put in a prompt that says, come up with a marketing plan for a 12-week campaign optimized for signups based on this narrative. And it writes a thing that usually that level of marketing manager would take a month to work on. And they go, whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, it's Keanu Reeves gifs all the way down. <laughs> so true. Okay, that's Accelerate Daily for Tuesday, May 30th. And like I said up top, the show's growing up, so it's time for uh, what we call a bake sale. And I'm going to introduce kind of in that way to show people behind the curtain of markety things. A bake sale is a type of campaign that I frequently run where it's literally about can we get the existing community to engage? Sometimes it means you're at a big company, you're trying to bootstrap a podcast, you literally need to make sure that the 10,000 people at your company are aware that they should go like and subscribe. In this case, more just for you, the viewer, like I said up top, if you're getting something out of this project, then like, subscribe, write a review on the podcast channels. Those things really matter in terms of the discovery algorithms that are our real source of growth traffic for a project like this. So throwing over there. I won't even ask you to buy any brownies. <laughs> it's free and easy. And if you can make the schedule work, jump into the live stream every day at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we do the, our whole production thing out in the open so you can watch me uh, mess up takes. <laughs> Start over again. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, see y'all.